Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. And this morning's message is kind of talking about the supernatural. And I want to speak about the supernatural church this morning. And I thought, how are we going to survive in the days ahead as Christians or as a church without God's supernatural power being at work in our lives? We need to be able to see with our natural eyes the manifestations of what God is doing supernaturally. We want to see them because those things will awaken, they'll awaken the dead They'll awaken the unbeliever. They'll awaken the spirits of those around. What on earth is, is this? What on earth is this? John fourteen twelve says that whoever believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these. God is a supernatural God. Going right back to the very beginning, everything has been, has been supernatural. And we live in a natural world, and I believe it's time that we begin to comprehend the supernatural. And to understand that we, we, we are supernatural people. You know, he's called us to be his army. And um, we are a supernatural people. We have a supernatural power. That's, so the army I'm talking about is an army that is mighty. Amen? It's, it's a mighty army. And I think about God's supernatural goodness in the past. Who's, who, who, has the supernatural ever touched anyone's life in this place? Well, it touched my life when I was 12, 12 years old. And I didn't know that God, I didn't know that I had been healed until I was driving in the car on the way home afterwards. And I happened to look at my rather um, smashed up and out of shape ankle and noticed that for some reason it looked like the other one. And I said to my mom and dad, there's something happening here. And uh, they reminded me that the pastor had said at that time, when I was sitting near the back of the church, because we were just newly saved, we, we weren't the front of the church people yet. <laughs> we were still the back of the church. No offense to anyone who sits at the back of the church. Um, dig, am I digging a hole? But um, um, he said that, that, there is, that there is someone here, and uh, you have had the difficulty with your, with your ankle, something along those lines my parents certainly picked up on, and I had this condition for months and months. I even started to run funny, one foot pointed in the way, and that was just the gait I had, and I had this for ages, and from that moment on, and I left, and I was completely healed, and it was the supernatural grace of God because I didn't fully understand God's touch or his healing or anything, and uh, I believe that God is still a God of signs, wonders, and miracles. And God is going to do signs, wonders, and miracles in your life and in the life of the church, and it will be a sign for the unbeliever. And so I'm very excited about the days ahead. But I know that in myself, I have to bring myself into alignment with what God, God is doing. I, has to, I also have to be, I also have to be, I also have to be in the right spiritual state. I, don't, I can't presume that God will do anything if I am lukewarm or cold or 
blasé towards what he wants to do. Amen? So the supernatural is real. And I think we need to start talking about it. And if it's happened in your life, well, can you come and testify about it? Will you come and tell us about it? Will you, go, will you tell other people about it? Did you know that God even supernaturally intervened in your life? Well, if we know about it, we should talk about it. Amen? And so we, we pray for that manifestation of his power in our lives and the manifestation of healing miracles of people that are totally mentally and emotionally shattered having peace like they've never known. What a gift that is, the gift of peace. Amen. To have all of that. And so I'm so, I'm so um, not burdened, but I'm, 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 I'm really enthused about this supernatural um, period of time that we're, that we're moving into because I think that the, the church is going to begin to be um, an attraction the church and the, the God's presence and his manifest power is going to begin to attract people. And so, the, you know, someone, I heard this yesterday, the, the face of the church changes every three years. I couldn't believe it. I thought, well, maybe I'm going to get my ticket soon. But in, 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 they say in some countries that, you know what, the congregation that are sitting in front of you in three years' time might be a completely different congregation. Certainly the pastor might be, because he only gets maybe three or four years. And we've been here for, since 1987, with some of the people that were still, are still sitting in our church today that were here in the late 80s and the early 90s. And... Um, and we're still here, and we're thankful for that. But, you know, so it's this impression that things, just that things just change all the time. But God has put a remnant here that is unchanging. And he's going he's gonna to cause great and mighty things to happen here. And people are going to be attracted here. Amen. The entrance of your word gives light because we've got two types of eyes. All of us in this place today have natural eyes and we have spiritual eyes. And, f and for a long time, I only seen things through my natural eyes. My spiritual eyes were dim or not even open at sometimes. And God has begun to open our spiritual eyes. How are our spiritual eyes opened? By the entrance of his word. And if you don't like reading, I'm not a reader, Pastor David, well then be a hearer. If you don't like reading, be a hearer. Listen to podcasts. Listen to the message on YouTube. Listen, be, at least get the word into you because the entrance of the, of the word gives light. Amen? It gives light. And so um, I wanted to uh, introduce this message to you today. It's called, it's called, this message is called Enter the Supernatural. And it's kind of got a double, meet, double meaning because it not only is uh, encouraging us to enter into the supernatural, but it's like saying, enter the supernatural. It's time for you to come in, all right? Do you, do you know that when you were born again, it was a supernatural thing? So everyone, is, everyone knows, actually, the supernatural power of God because we were born again. The second birth, we became new creatures, new creations in Christ Jesus. So but there's so many things supernaturally that God wants to do, and we have to open our eyes to that. And so 
Um, Rachel was home recently. Let me start with this. Rachel was home and she says, um, uh, Mom and Dad, I was watching this movie, the, uh, this war movie called All Quiet on the Western Front. And I had seen trailers for this film and I thought, I really want to see that movie. I, 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 I like a good movie. Um, uh, you know, Hacksaw Ridge is one of my favorite war movies. And I thought, I really want to see this movie. And so um, we watched it and uh, it left a big impression on me. And I'm not going to leave any spoilers in case you want to go and see it. It's on Netflix. But you all know that the armistice was signed on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, 1918. And um, up until that very moment, the way the film portrays it, there were leaders of, of these men, these, these German soldiers, that had them, that sent them to the front lines, to the trenches, and they were massacred and slaughtered in their hundreds of thousands. But in the final moments, the film portrays, and there's some accuracy in the film, and there's obviously some things it's because it's a film, but the, the film portrays the French in their trenches. And they've already heard news that the armistice is going to be, that has been signed, and that on the 11th hour, war is going to stop. So they begin to celebrate in their trenches, and they kind of drop their guard relieved, I suppose, mightily relieved that the war was over. But there was a very last, last minute, if you like, offensive. And these men were in the trenches. The enemy wanted to stamp their feet one last time. The enemy wanted to have the last say and finish with a victory. And so the takeaway I got from it was that until the very Last second, the enemy is on the offensive. Until the very last second, the army has to remain engaged until the very end, the, the very last second. Um, if you watch the movie, I haven't given too much away. It will be worth, worthwhile. So here come this flood of German troops over into the French trenches. You know, in this world that we live in, it seems that there's a new threat or a new crisis on the horizon every day. Every day there's something coming our way. The world has always gone through crisis. The world has always faced threats. But this, we live in different times now. In the past, when crisis came, people united in solidarity. Now crisis is coming and it's dividing people. Crisis is coming and instead of it being a catalyst for bringing people together to say we're coming together here, and I'm, I'm, the analogy is the supernatural church of God coming together, it's, it's dividing people, it's causing confusion. So when crisis comes now, people are getting confused and they're running every which way. The very last thing they're doing, it seems to, is going to something that is solid and something that's foundational. And it's, it occurred to me as well when I was preparing the message that you hear this a lot these days about people deconstructing their faith. But when you build on the solid rock on a good foundation, if you build well, you, 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 there's no need to deconstruct. It's when things, are not, when things are not built on what is sure and certain that deconstruction's easy to do. When things are flimsily put together, it's easy, easy to deconstruct it, isn't it? 
But when something is solid and enduring and it's put together well, it's not. And so, who are the church? Us. We're the believers, the army of the Lord, soldiers of the cross. All of you've heard all of these things before. And we have to stay that way until the very, very end. And we have to be divinely empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that is, that is divine empowerment. There is no strength from any other source other than God's Spirit and His Word. That's where our strength comes from. Amen? The army of the Lord is a supernatural force. And God sent His Holy Spirit so that we could be supernaturally equipped with a New Testament power. Amen? So, the... the the offer of being equipped to live supernaturally is there. And I want to look at maybe over a couple of weeks how we equip ourselves. How we equip ourselves. What does the supernatural church look like? Amen. And so we, as we come together, marching on into the future, we're not just in individual agents on a mission, but we are in solidarity. We are the embodiment of the body of Christ. And we are on a mission together. That way we can help people that are confused, dazed and confused even. Because I met you, some, sometimes, some mornings you wake up and you're like, I can't believe what I'm seeing in front of me. It's shocking. And so the unity of the church is part of the mission of the church. We have to stay united. Amen. And we, we are a model of what a, a community of believers looks like. Now, that might not always be the case. You might think, well, gee whiz, we're quite far off the mark here. We're really not doing too well in this area. But you know what? When we begin to, when we begin to take on the character of Christ, we begin to look like the body of Christ. Amen? In every single way. And so... Um, I want to read this to you in Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And this is really God's orders, all right, to the, to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 14, later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they didn't believe those who had seen him after he had risen. One of the things that we will, we will face and we will struggle with is unbelief. That is the thing that will, people will try and say, what you've seen was not real. It was a fabrication. It was fake. It wasn't true. And especially these days, it's much more convincing because people can manipulate things. But this is why we're going to begin to see signs and wonders in the local church. It'll be undeniable. It's not going to come through your Instagram feed. Oh, look at what's happened over there. Oh, well, you know, because you know what? People are naturally skeptical. But when things begin to happen in local churches all over the world, Johannesburg, Swaziland, Cape Town, Kilwinning, Ayr, wherever it is that you may be, then that is going to speak to, your, to our local native population, isn't it? And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. 
but he who doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. So here are certain signs, supernatural signs, that will follow those who believe. So who's, where are the believers? We believe. These signs might follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. These signs will follow those who believe. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That all sounds supernatural to me. Amen? Amen. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 20, and they... The disciples went out and preached everywhere. The, who was working with them? The Lord was working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. So it's the signs. The word was confirmed by a sign. And so it's, you know, there are signs following when we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and we, we, we pray in the name of Jesus, and we have faith that there are signs accompanying the word. Amen? And, you know, so we can fail and get into natural reasoning, or we can keep our spiritual eyes open and say, Father God, I'm trusting you that in whatever, in whatever your timing is for this to happen, it will happen in Jesus' name. Because sometimes we lose hope. I've lost hope over so many things. I've lost hope to the degree that I'm sure you felt the same way, that you know what, I'm ready just to, to give it up. I'm weary and I'm tired. But the word says, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. And churches are now beginning to move into, I'm just going to say it the way I've, I'm seeing it, Churches are beginning to flow and move into areas of natural reasoning instead of spiritual understanding, okay? A church that moves in natural reason. Now, God, now don't get me wrong. God gave us a mind to use it, to have logic, to have sense, <laughs> you know, fire, burning, you know, High thing, don't walk off. God created gravity. All that, so he gave us a mind, but, our, but we, we, we've, people are moving into the kind of worldly reasoning about certain things. Amen? And so we are the army of God. And it's up to us to have our spiritual eyes open and to be open to the things that he would have us do and the things that the signs that he would that he would perform because who performs the miracles he does it's not it's not us it's him it's his power that does it and if the church the church now has gone to a place where instead of the army of god it's sometimes like the audience of god and so we have to be aware that you know we all have, we all have a, I'm going to make a statement, every one of you is a minister, 
and you have a mission. And I'm not saying that if you come to church every week and you go and you come back that you don't, that, you, that, you're, that you're just sitting in a seat. But I want to say this morning that every one of you has a mission and you're a minister and you have a job to do. You, every single one of you. There's no, if you're a believer, none of us, the Great Commission applies to every single one of us. Every single one of us. And so, um, come together with us together and be an effective army. Not impotent, but powerful. Not weak, but strong. And we do that by being together, serving together, learning together, worshiping together, praying. One of the, one of the, the we, we cannot expect a supernatural move of God without prayer underpinning everything that we do. Pray, intercede. Pray, intercede. Amen? The church of, the New Testament of church was born in power. It was immersed in power. And ever since then, it's been dependent on the Holy Spirit's power. So we also, we are no, we are no exception. We must be dependent on the Holy Spirit, Spirit's power. And natural thinking and natural, natural reasoning is leading the church into agreement with the world and into disagreement with God. And I don't want to disagree with God. I, wanna, I want to agree with him. Now, some people would say, would deny that. And then, well, that's between you and God. I want to agree with what God says. Tradition and dogma and doctrines of men are like the, a mire of clay that people get stuck in. They get stuck in that. And Satan subtly maneuvers people to miss the revealed word of God in their lives. Satan doesn't want more of Je you to be the revelation in your life of more of Jesus, more of, more of his power, more of him. Mark 7, 13, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees here, and these, these guys were hypocrites. He said, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you've handed down in many such things you do. They were saying, well, why are, you, why are you and your disciples doing all this stuff? Do you not know that it's our tradition to wash our hands before we do this and to wash this before we eat it and to prepare it that way? And they go into a long spiel about this. And Jesus says, your traditions mean that you're sitting there with no power. Your church is dead. Whatever you represent has no life in it. I see, I see, I said this to someone the other day. I feel ready for a worship night called the burden, a burden-breaking worship night. A burden-breaking worship night. We'll come here and just sp spill it out. Spill, spill it out. Worship and, and get ready for the the supernatural things that God wants to do. And that's going to mean that a lot of us are going to come here ready in our spirits to lay some things down. The word says, confess your sins one to another. Amen. The end time church is going to be a supernatural church, Christ's bride. They're going to carry 
the manifest presence of God, his word and his spirit in their hearts. Some people in the world don't even have a Bible or they have a bit of a Bible. We have resources. In fact, I brought these two books down out of our bookshop because I wanted to show you that we have, never mind whether you read or not, and pray, pray that the, the Lord moves on you and gives you a hunger to read. You know, the more that you read this, his scripture, the more things become supernatural. You become supernaturally aware. Smith Wigglesworth on the anointing. The first two chapters of this book, for some reason, talks about the manifest power of God. Bishop Dag Heward Mills. Amplify your, your, amplify your ministry with miracles and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about manifest things that are going to happen that you're going to see with your natural eyes. And this is what's going to bring people. Um, I remember, I think it was Jeremy one time, this going back years ago, this vision of people banging the door here banging on the door. This is not to say that we stay in the church and people come here. We're still out. We're still across town. We're still out in our, in our oikos doing our thing. But people are going to come here because they know things are happening here. People are genuinely being healed here. They're being set free and delivered here. Amen. And it's not going to be about personalities or, or hype. It's going to be low hype the, the Holy Spirit, just doing, doing what the Holy Spirit does through us. Amen. We're going to move in the gifts and operations of the Holy Spirit, and there's going to be outcomes, demonstrable outcomes. When people say, well, yeah, I heard something, prove it to me. <laughs> well, come and I'll sh the living proof is here. Here she is, she's sitting on the chair. Here's the living proof. These are the signs that we're going to see, I believe, signs and wonders. And so I thought, you know, someone else that moved around in their, in their mission with signs and wonders was Paul. And I thought it would be nice to compare the way he went to Athens and the way he went to Corinth. And so the story goes that when he was in Athens, he begins to debate with the Athenians now, these guys were the sophists, the clever intellectual people of their time, the, the know-it-alls or the boffins, whatever you want to say, deep thinkers, clever people. But Paul was no slouch in that department himself. He was a very intelligent man, and he had the spirit of God on the, on the inside. But Athens was a ministry disaster for Paul. It was a disaster that's probably why if you look in your Bible, do you see the letter to the Athenians? <laughs> it's like, I'm not recording this one. Your first and second Corinthians, Ephesians, all of that, Colossians, but no Athenians. They didn't get, a, they, so it wasn't good for him. But in Corinth, it was a different story. It was a, when Paul went to Corinth, the supernatural began to work. It says there in 1 Corinthians 2, 1, and brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellent speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Paul, this great man, fear and trembling. 
My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. Persuasive words. I didn't come here with skillful words. You know, sometimes I wish it could just be five minutes and then the Holy Spirit do the rest. Take a scripture, preach it, and then let the Holy Spirit just minister to you and then, ah, you know. But Paul went there without skillful words. And he went in demonstration of the Spirit now, that means that certain things were made manifest there. There was proof. There was proof there to persuade those that were there that something was happening that was not natural. It was supernatural. Amen? And the power, not, and of power, all right? This is a power beyond the power of men. This is what they began to see and experience, a power beyond the power of men. It was the power of the Spirit. Amen? And if we need to know what powered Paul's mission, here it is. I, nothing else but Christ and the cross. Because the power, the power of the cross. The power of the cross. If, it, if that hadn't started at all, the birth, the cross, the resurrection, then the Holy Spirit would not have come. So he says, I'm here to tell you that the cross is real and true. Jesus hung on it. That's what I'm here to preach. I'm not here to baptize you, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, in, unless or uh, um, should the cross be emptied of its power. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.17. Amen? Amen? So, just to, to close off, and as we go on, take some of these scriptures, if you're writing them down, thank you for writing down scripture. You can always go back to the message or the podcast and write things down. But I want to say to you this morning, you have a ministry. If you're sitting in this place, it's time to move into your ministry season. Every member is a multitude. Every member can reach people. And we're not when I say member, I'm talking about members of God's family. We don't have a membership role in this church. Amen. Every member, God in you is able to meet the needs of the people around you. God inside of you is able to meet the needs of the people that you're going to see later today. God inside of you is able to meet the needs of the people that you're going to be with this week. God inside of you is able to meet the needs of those that you might decide that your ministry might be to go to the hospital or it might be to go to your, a social club or, or within your place of work, wherever that is, God is able. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? I mean, that should give us all incredible hope does anyone here feel inadequate? I'm going to put my hand up because I feel inadequate lots of the lot of times. The Spirit of God dwells within you. 
He is, he completes you. He makes you not only an adequate minister, but an excellent one. Don't be afraid of using that word for yourself. Speak it out that you have the mind of Christ and the ability. You have this supernatural ability inside you to lay hands on the sick and see the sick recover. And how bold are we going to get? How bold do you want to be? How bold do you believe? Do you believe that resurrection from the dead is over? Hallelujah. So for so long, I was rowing my way through Christianity without putting my sail up and letting the wind blow into the sail to take me forward. So now I think it's, we're moving into times where the church stop, let's stop rowing. We're like galley slaves. Some guy on a drum, Lewis on the drum, doom, doom, doom. It's like, how we've got sails here. Let's put our sails up and let the wind of the Holy Spirit blow into those sails and move us along as we begin to point people to Jesus through the demonstration and the manifestation of the supernatural power of God. And that's all the message I have for you today. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.